This is Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Welcome everyone to Be Heard Talk, an award-winning talk show that adds a taste of trap music, a side of Shakur, and spice to unflavored news. Each Sunday, we discuss race, politics, and culture from an unapologetic Black millennial perspective, and we give you the opportunity to be heard. So leave your comments on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn, and we will read them throughout this show. And for the 2020 election season, we partner with Black Enterprise as our official media sponsor. My name is Selena Hill, and I'm the founder of Be Heard Talk and the digital editor at Black Enterprise. I'm super excited to be with you all today to talk about misogyna, that which Black women have been subjected to throughout the past week and what protecting Black women actually looks like. Now, before we get into that and I introduce my co-host, I actually want to let everyone know that this episode is sponsored by Black Spectrum Theater. You can start your subscription today and enjoy Black Spectrum home video series. Head over to blackspectrum.com to learn more. And now let's start by introducing my co-host, starting with Stanley Fritz. Selena, Selena, what's up? How's it been? I haven't been on the show in a while. I know, right? I here looking like a young Huxtable with that sweater. I see you. <laughs> Thank you, Stanley. You are looking good as well. We also have it. Oh, Tim, please, Stanley, introduce yourself before we uh, move on. Sure, excuse me, right? So this is Stanley, your favorite co-host, formerly engineer on the PC ones and twos, but now we're going to stream your threes and fours. You can follow me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can follow me on IG at Stan Fritz. You can follow me on Clubhouse at Stan Fritz if you have Clubhouse. And if you don't, Selena has 10 invites. Get one from her. <laughs> I really don't. All right. We also have with us Tammy David. Tammy on mute. Oh no, howdy. <laughs> Tammy with the with the internet connection issue every week. How y'all doing? I missed you guys. It's Where's been you? forever. Um, hey everyone, my name is Tammy David. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Be Heard Talk's problematic fave, always talking my nonsense every week, Sunday at two. Um, this week I'm really excited for our main topic because honestly, as much as I can stand Massage Noir and all of the problems that black women face, I do think that we need to take a look at social justice warrior culture and talk about how it's 2020. If you can't handle the heat, don't talk that BS. That girl who's out here looking for a six figure, don't be surprised when he expects certain things from you. So I don't know. I can't wait to get into it with my feminist faves here on Be Heard Talk. Um, before we get into my favorite part of the show, the news roundup, uh, let's introduce our special correspondent for today's show, which is my Saj King favorite, Evan Mastronardi. Hi, Evan. I missed you. What's up? Missed you too. And happy birthday. Thank we you. had back to back birthdays, Selena, then Tammy, and then my birthday's next weekend. Yeah. Oh, so sad, sad season. Tammy. I know. Sad season in full force right now. I saw, we just saw a preview of it before then. But uh, yes, I'm Evan Mastronardi. Follow me at, at underscore Mastronardi and let's not be trash.com and let's not be trash with just the B on Instagram. And of course, with my Fellow Faithful King Stan Fritz is my co-founder. And uh, yeah, follow our podcast as well. Thanks for having me. 
Super happy to have you there, Evan. And before we kick it back to Tammy, I just want to shout out the haters in the comments who are saying this is old and BE's becoming a joke. We welcome you. This is an open oh, forum discussion. And we actually no, appreciate the fodder. I'm going to kick it back over to you, Tammy. Before we start the news roundup, I just want to say, like, y'all don't understand. You're still giving us publicity. And I got canceled. I've been canceled for, like, two weeks straight on TikTok. But my views are off the charts. So welcome to the show. Leave us problematic comments. We will be glad to respond. Now, before we get to our main segment, it's time for the news roundup, where we bring you stories that made you scream, stress, and wonder, is flatulence really inappropriate? Or is politics that crazy? Um, today we're going to be talking about <laughs> the Michigan hearing that became a joke. We're going to talk about nappy-headed hoes. And we're also going to talk about why Obama might be getting canceled by leftists this week. Uh, first up, I want to bring attention to white liberals and their racism. So Vogue is doing a lot these days including inspiring white women to show their behinds. The December issue of Vogue has caught a lot of traction having Harry Styles as the first solo male cover in a Gucci dress. Harry spoke on the blurring of gender lines and talked about how fashion should be for anyone. Now, Candace Owens, white America's favorite problematic black woman went off on Twitter calling for society to quote, bring back manly men, slamming styles as a symbol of what is wrong with America. But one white liberal took it too far in the clap back against Candace Owens. Miley Cyrus's largely unknown sister, Noah Cyrus, responded to her critique by sharing a photo of styles in the dress to her Instagram story, captioning it, and I quote, he wears this dress better than any of you nappy A-word hoes. Cyrus was immediately canceled on social media by progressives, liberals, and conservatives alike, many of whom took the time to educate her on how racist the term is. A lot of people brought up the historical drama of Don Imus calling the Rutgers women's basketball team nappy A-word hoes, and how he swiftly lost his job afterward. Cyrus later posted a dry apology, which didn't sit well with the black community. She claimed that she didn't know what the term meant and that she was mortified that she used it after learning what it means. So let's get some commentary here. So first, Selena, do you take her apology seriously, especially as our shows like resident pop-in naturalista? First of all, no, she needs to take a seat, okay? I'm really sick of the sexism, the racism, like all of these isms that come from quote unquote white progressives. The fact that she's calling um, Candace, oh, first of all, I don't agree with anything Candace Owens says. And I think that she is definitely liable for racism, but we don't need the misogynoir directed towards her. You can criticize Candace Owens without calling her nappy headed. And then for Noah Cyrus to claim that she didn't even know what the term meant, take several seats right now. Because you, first of all, to say you didn't even claim what it meant, why are you using that term? Why are you, first of all, I think she was trying to get be cute and trying to act black. 
like a culture vulture, just like her sister, Miley Cyrus. And I think she was just, she heard someone say like, oh, nappy headed or whatever, nappy headed hoes. And she was just trying to mimic them and not having any educational background to how historically these words are harmful and detrimental to the black community. Studies show that women, black women with natural hair struggle more in a workplace environment and in corporate America when it comes to uh, microaggressions, when it comes to escalating and being promoted. So yeah, there's a strong history of, of the, the term nappy headed. It's not something that to just be thrown around loosely because you have white privilege. Like I, honestly, I, I'm just, I'm ready to cancel her. And I'm not for, you know, I don't believe in cancel culture. So I'm just, I'm just ready for Noah to just never again appear on my timeline. Evan, do you think that because she's from the white South and disconnected from black culture, there is a chance that she didn't know like how problematic the phrase was? Maybe she heard it as an insult, but she didn't know that it was racialized. I know we can't curse on here, but I'm gonna say that's just straight BS because when would that be used towards white women that mm -hmm. she would hear that? No, she knew exactly what she was doing. That the, that word is only directed at black women. And she mm -hmm. thought because not just of, I guess the clout she had off her sister, but also the clout being liberal in comparison to Candace Owens that she could get away with that. And she's wrong because it's still racist. So no, I don't accept that or the apology. And I think the best thing she could do is truly educate herself. If she's so mortified, then she should really educate herself, put effort into that. Stanley, a few controversial people on the internet are saying that, yes, it is a racially charged comment, but they don't feel bad considering that the target was Candace Owens. Should there be black solidarity even among problematic people like Candace Owens when white people come with a generalized racial slur? Candace Owens is a boot-licking Uncle Tom who loves white people and white men and her, her white husband's family will call her first black child the N-word. And when that first black child gets stopped by the cop, that family will blame that black child and Candace Owens will one day realize she too is a black woman. She doesn't right now. Even with all that, I know she's a black woman and there'll be no disrespect put on black women, even boot-licking Uncle Tom race traders. Valid point. Now, I know Candace Owens has gotten a lot of flack on this show, but today we're going to be a little bit softer and just say no black woman deserves that kind of rage. None at all. Even those who support armed troops that shoot black men. Now, speaking of armed troops that shoot black men, let's talk about a controversial statement that Obama is talking about in terms of the police force. Now, in another interview to talk about his book, A Promised Land, Obama met with Snapchat's Good Luck America, Peter Hamby, to discuss a few hot topics, including the popularized slogan to defund the police, which took over media and politics during the Black Lives Matter wave of summer 2020. Obama warned young activists to stay away from polarizing slogans like defund the police and advocates instead using, quote, universal language within the movement to mobilize moderate voters. He tells a literary group that, it quote, if I spoke the language of James Baldwin as he speaks it on the campaign stump, I'm probably not gonna get a lot of votes in Iowa. Now, while Obama's ever popular people-pleasing rhetoric stands in line with veterans of the Democratic Party, 
Many progressives in power like newly elected Cory Bush of Missouri and Jamal Bowman here just up north of the Bronx are fighting back against respectability in our movements. AOC, which she is a legendary liberal sweetheart, progressive sweetheart, tweeted, what if activists aren't PR firms for politicians? She goes on to say that the thing that critics of activists don't get is that they tried playing the polite language policy game and all it did was make them easier to ignore. It wasn't until they made folks uncomfortable that there was traction to do anything, even if it wasn't their full demands. The whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable. Activists take that discomfort with the status quo and advocate for concrete policy changes. To folks who complain protest demands make others uncomfortable, that's the point. Now, this thinking isn't unusual for Obama, who at the beginning of the protest this summer said that the solution involves everyone, regardless of race or class, and that includes, quote, the majority of men and women in law enforcement who take pride in doing their tough job the right way every day. So despite disagreement from the activist world, Liberals love this line of thinking, and there is no denying that this resonates with the party as a whole. Selena, I'm gonna go to you first. A lot of people checked him saying defund was the milder version of what people were calling for, which was abolition. Mm. Is Obama really on our side if he's decrying our movement and defending cops, even when we've already toned down our slogan? You know what, Tammy? Great point and great question. I think you, you hit it on the head when you said that Obama's critique of defunding aligns with his longtime messaging on policing. You gave a great example. Um, even though he has spoken out against police violence directed towards black and brown people, he has also praised police officers for the work that they do. Now, he did that a lot while he was in office. Being the first black president, you know, he had that pressure to not appeal, as he said, to only black America. He said, I can't be the president for only black people. And I felt like he had an unprecedented amount of pressure to try to appeal to both sides because of racism. So how I say that to say, well, he's no longer in office and he still kind of takes a very moderate stance when it comes to police violence. And I think it's just a fundamental misunderstanding of the oppression of the institution of police and how it oppresses black people. I don't know if he's just disconnected or if maybe he's just, you know, he, he was, oh, he always told the line. So maybe he is very centrist and moderate when it comes to these issues. However, when he was in office in 2014, the Obama administration actually did implement uh, what was called the President's Task Force on 21st Century Policing. So under this, initiative, they demanded that all police killings be investigated by independent prosecutors and that the task force also be called uh, call for an end to stop and frisk, which was uh, racial profiling by the police. So again, he's always played both sides of the coins when it came to this issue. And I think he's staying on brand and on message. Interesting. We have some comments here about this issue that I want to get to. One from Chance Carlton Holloway that says, um, abolishment of the cops. That is silly when we have so much crime in the hood. He also says that Obama is right to say defunding was not the word to use and that being moderate is insulting uh, in this context. Stanley, what do you think of those comments? 
Well, I think those comments are wrong. Um, nice try, Chance. But it's pretty reflective for a lot of older black folks and a lot of younger black folks at that. I'm not upset about Barack Obama saying that the funded police is an empty slogan because Barack Obama doesn't actually understand what the funded police is. It's a policy demand. It's not an empty slogan. But additionally, we have got to be fooling ourselves if we think that everyone is just going to ride with us on defunding the police. Just five years ago, we didn't. people didn't even support bail reform. We have a lot of organizing and educating to do to get people where we are so that they can understand what defunding the police is. Because the fact of the matter is, if you care about crime, you got to be asking the question of what causes crime? What puts someone in a situation to commit a crime? And it's lack of access, lack of housing, lack of finances, lack of money to pay bills, and poor education. And if you took money from police departments and put those in com communities, you would mitigate most of those problems. Thank you so much, Stanley. Next, I wanna highlight a comment from a longtime listener. Shout out to you, Rachel. Uh, Rachel Zimney says, Obama loves to discount progressives. I don't know why anyone would listen to his opinion on this. Evan, do you think that Obama is discounting progressives, especially since progressives have mainly been on his side for quite some time? And why is it that people are listening to Obama on this issue? So Obama said it was an empty slogan. He didn't say it was an empty movement. And I watched the whole interview and I do think he was very dismissive of the wording. You gotta remember, Obama got elected because he's a great orator. He cares about words. He cares about all the things that got him elected and that's been his life for years now. And no, it didn't go away when he got out of office. I think that he supports, right after he said that he said, Maybe we need more mental health workers showing up at the scene. And I'm like, that's defund the police. It's not that there aren't elements of the movement that he and even Joe Biden, even though Joe Biden's uh, lost if he thinks the police need more money. Um, it's, not, it's not the movement itself. A lot of people are very focused on moderating the language. And Stan and I had a conversation about this the other day. Activists can say different things than policymakers can. And we need to be aware of that. And there's a place for both of them. Activists have every right to say defund the police. And policymakers who want to get this passed and want to get what that movement means and crucial parts of that movement, they have every right to reframe maybe the terminology to get that actual movement into policy. So I don't think he's completely abandoned progressives. I just think he's stuck in an old way of thinking when it comes to terminology. So Jacqueline Hills Jeffers just commented, you totally do not get what Obama was saying. He didn't say he disagreed with defunding the police. He was saying it's trigger words that sway yeah. people to vote against the movement. Exactly. SMH, it's the language. But exactly. I want to bring up a point here. Yes, it's the language, but we need to move forward as a nation of being coddled. Defunding the police is exactly what it sounds like. It's taking money from the police and putting it into other initiatives. I don't think it's progressive's fault that people don't do the basic research or have basic understanding of what these things mean. It's not like activists just went through the street screaming defund the police and weren't explaining themselves. There were lots of politicians willing to take the time to break this down. There were leaders of the movement and organizations ready with policy initiatives. But the fact of the matter is, Black people make moderates and racists and conservatives uncomfortable. And they hear defund the police, and all they hear is that Black people in their neighborhoods get to run rampant, 
unchecked. Defunding the police is not a matter of language, it's a matter of policy. And if defunding the police makes you uncomfortable, ask why it makes you uncomfortable and do the research to look into it. Now, thank you so much, you guys, for the comments, but we are gonna have to move on from this onto a silly story that will hopefully make you smile like it made me smile. Let's talk about the election hearing in Michigan on Wednesday regarding voter fraud in the election that went viral after Trump's hot mess team embarrassed themselves in more ways than one. Now, first, there was Melissa Carone, a former contractor for Dominion Voting Systems who went before the Michigan House Oversight Committee as their star witness. She was bizarre, combative, and to many, she seemed drunk as hell. Her testimony instantly went viral, claiming that she witnessed a host of election misconduct, including votes by illegal immigrants, dead people, and an over-tally by 30,000 voters, leading to a 120% voter turnout rate. She repeatedly spoke over politicians, questioning her at the hearing, raising her voice, prompting Rudy Giuliani to leave, to lean over and try to quiet her. Now, speaking of Giuliani, he was the second ace viral moment that was actually a twofer. Twice on video while giving testimony, Trump's right hand in this legal battle was heard flatulating loudly, which has since been confirmed by several reps who are in the room. After he farts, you can see the person next to him give him the eyes. Can we play that clip? The answer that I gave you is they didn't bother to interview a single witness. Just like you, they don't want to know the truth. Not part of that. Well, I, I will. I will. I will ask that he be he be disciplined for that. First of all. First of all. Hold on. Let's. First of all. Odor in the corner. Now, needless to say, with what a hot mess the hearing was, it did not show any evidence of widespread voter fraud by the time it was over, according to the Detroit Free Press. Okay. Evan, first, do you think that star witness woman was drunk? Because Wait. he seemed off the sauce. Can we see her too? Because that'd be really fun. Oh. Let me see if I can bring up a clip. Hold on. But in the meantime, in the meantime, do you I... think it was inappropriate at all that he farted on camera? Look, I I've seen enough things emanate from Rudy Giuliani this year that I don't need to see anymore between him dripping his head. It's funny, I, I could have sworn that the judge said odor in the court, not order in the court after uh, he did that. And you definitely saw uh, the lady next to him give him the side eye. I, I don't really care if Rudy Giuliani can't control his bowels. I care that he can't control his mouth. And I care that he can't, uh, he's out here saying wild things uh, I don't know what Trump has on him, but he's, you know, s supporting whatever he does. H him fighting in court is the least of our problems. Um, but I didn't really watch the star witness. I just heard testimony. I didn't want to give it any attention, honestly. I knew it was going to be ridiculous. Um, there is no evidence, and she's going to fabricate what she fabricates to make this more of a spectacle. So I, I, I didn't even watch the details of it. Selena, considering how messy this is getting, do you think Trump will end his legal battle soon or is he gonna keep going? Trump is here for the mess. Are you kidding me? He's trying to convince Georgia as we speak 
to overturn the state's election results. Uh, first of all, tr he's already even talking about running for re-election in 2024. Look, he made his career based on mess. It proved to be successful in helping him, um, you know, gain exposure and, and publicity as this, you know, con man or whatever. Um, but he, he he's found success as this personality and he turned the White House into a show, into a circus. Look, and Rudy Giuliani, is just the latest clown to join the circus. Evan doesn't care about him passing gas. I do. Not only has he been in embarrassment in that way, and I get it, everyone has flagellants. He did it twice. But just in November at a press conference, he started sweating out his hair dye. Like, he's so embarrassing. He went from America's mayor to this. And he needs to, like, honestly take several seats. That's the underlying theme of this show. Y'all need to take a seat. Well, hold on. He was never my mayor. Rudy I Giuliani said America. Was my mayor. No, he wasn't my mayor. He was white people's mayor. Because Rudy Giuliani has always been a racist. He has always been a white supremacist. He has always been trash. And I'm not surprised that he's farting and sweating out Beijing during, during court hearings. He's an example of why the Trump administration and anyone who supports them is just an idiot. It is all a dumb game. And I can't wait till these people are gone from our televisions and our news because I'm just absolutely sick of it. Rudy Giuliani, good riddance. Gone is the key word here. I think all of us here on this show cannot wait until Biden is inaugurated so we can have enough of Trump and his clown posse who continue to embarrass themselves on a national level. Now, today's final story is another piece of good news at least for those of us who like to indulge in the occasional puff puff pass. On Friday, Congress passed a bill that seems largely symbolic as, as it might not pass in the Senate. They passed a bill that legalizes marijuana at the federal level and does a whole lot more. In a 228 to 164 vote, largely along party lines with six ones voting no and five Republicans voting yes, the House passed the MORE Act or the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act. This bill would remove marijuana from the Controlled Substances Act and eliminate criminal pen penalties for individuals who manufacture, distribute, or possess marijuana. It also includes creating a process to remove prior convictions, known as expungement, and conduct sentencing review hearings for federal cannabis offenses. The measure authorizes a 5% sales tax on marijuana products to invest in services like job training, legal aid, and substance abuse treatment. It would also provide funds for small business loans and allow access to marijuana licensing and employment for economically disadvantaged individuals. With a number of states passing marijuana legalization bills just this year, and this sitting Congress being the first to pass such a bill in its history, many are wondering whether federal legalization is right around the corner, especially during a liberal Biden presidency. Stanley, what is the likelihood of getting a federal legalization? Not with this, not with this Senate, it's not happening. This bill was pretty much all symbolic. There's no way that it goes to the Senate and it gets any kind of traction to pass. I very much doubt it. But it is a good start because Congress is acknowledging that marijuana should be legalized and they're building the framework so that other states can start to do it. States like California, Colorado, New Jersey, um, and Maine have already legalized marijuana. So is Massachusetts. New York is hopefully on its way there after taking forever and having New, Jer New Jersey beat us. And once the federal government does take marijuana off of its um, 
category A drugs, then that'll help everyone because marijuana is not more dangerous than alcohol. It's definitely not more dangerous than cocaine or whatever they're taking in Ohio. So it's about time we, we legalize it and expunge everyone's records. Automatic expungement. You shouldn't have to apply. Just expunge everyone's records. Selena, how do you think it affects our communities if we expunge marijuana records and legalize? Oh, you're muted. Sorry about that, guys. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, if, if we understand what happened, millions of Americans who are disproportionately black and brown have resulted um, in convictions for small, even small amounts of marijuana. So the as, as a result, their lives get upended. Um, they get records. They can't get jobs. They can't contribute to their households. They can't contribute to the community. The racial dispar disparities in conviction rates are overwhelming. And I think that this is just one of the main reasons why it's time to pass federal legalization so that um, we no longer give police, you know, license to terrorize our communities when it comes to marijuana cannabis. And Evan, lastly, I just want to know, are we lighting up when it's legal or uh, <laughs> are you going to stay in the Bronx by yourself? <laughs> Well, uh, Stanley, no, I actually do not smoke, but I support all my homies who do. I'll light up some hookah, uh, and I definitely, uh, in, in your honor, I'll definitely come through. But no, I think this is really great. I just want to throw in, uh, I hope that if this passes in the Senate, something is added to give a priority to communities of color for opening dispensaries, because white people are making the majority of the profit off of something that has thrown people of color in jail for years. So I, we really need that in addition to this. It's just not fair that the, now it's become a profit business off the people who used to be incarcerated. Thank you so much, y'all, for sharing. Uh, I'm going to pose this one to the audience. Do you think weed should be legalized, yes or no? Drop it in our comments. DM us. Uh, share a screenshot with your answer at Be Heard Talk across all platforms and let us know whether or not you're a smoker. I'm sure you have an opinion. So hit us up. And that is it for the news roundup for today. I'll be looking forward to your answers and maybe I'll share the popular answers midweek. Who knows? Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Tammy, for spearheading the news roundup. Now we are going to drive and so the main segment, which you guys have been talking about since the beginning of the show. Um, so the murder of Breonna Taylor earlier this year triggered the rallying cry, protect black women, especially within our community. However, we continue to see examples where black women are subjected to physical violence, emotional abuse, and just outright berated at the hands of black men. Over the summer, it was Megan Thee Stallion who revealed she was shot by Tory Lane. However, a swarm of people in our community rushed to Tory's defense. Meanwhile, in just the past week, black women were berated for twerking in a Dallas restaurant by a black man, while other black, while another black woman who was seeking relationship advice from notorious relationship consultant Kevin Samuels was told that, and I quote, was gonna die alone because she was average looking and didn't did not qualify for a man earning six figures. Now I do wanna play these clips. I understand we wanna start with the clip of the Dallas restaurant owner who called out the uh, some patrons 
for twerking. Can we play the clip? I invested a lot of money into buying this building, into developing this concept so black people can have somewhere nice to go to, okay? Somewhere where we can feel good about ourselves as a... Come on! Stop the music, please! Somewhere where our people can feel good about ourselves as a culture, okay? Yeah. No, no, real talk. And so all this twerking, take it to Prime, take it to Pink, don't bring it here because we're a restaurant. And so beyond that, 75% of my customers are ladies. And I want men to show respect for themselves for how they carry themselves here. So how can I tell the men to respect themselves and you guys are twerking on glass here? If you want to do it, get out my restaurant. Because I did it for our people and I did it for our culture. So don't do it, no, don't do it again. I don't want to hear it. If you don't like it, get out because I don't need your money. I need to pr provide something for my people. Thank you for playing that clip. Now, since that clip went viral and has received a number, a, a lots of backlash online, that owner, his name is Kevin K, um, Kelly, he says that his restaurant business has actually been booming. He says that the restaurant, which was a reservation only type of business since it opened five months ago, he says now it is all booked up for the foreseeable future. And more importantly, he says he has no plans of changing anything. He is completely unapologetic. He adds that former Dallas Cowboy Des Bryant has been a supporter of his restaurant. And he said he told TMZ, and I quote, We've received an outpouring of support that we did not anticipate online and in person. This let us know that the public believes in our vision for the restaurant and they will support a concept working to fill a void in our communities. So again, and I know you guys have a lot to say about this, Dal uh, about this Dallas restaurant owner uh, and how he spoke to the women who were uh, patronizing his business um, for twerking. Before we get to that, I also want to play a clip of Kevin Samuels, also this week, uh, who spoke, who criticized this black woman, literally berated her after she was seeking relationship advice. She said she makes six figures. She's looking for a six-figure man. And this is what Kevin Samuels had to say in response. I honestly want a six-figure guy, uh, is what I'm realizing. And ma'am, and that's my point. You ladies all feel like, listen, you ladies all feel like you're the exception to the rule. And then when someone like myself comes along and gives you a, a dose of reality, instead of just accepting it, it's like, yeah, but yeah, but I'm special. You don't know any men on this level that are not your father that aren't related to you. That means you don't know these men. You don't know where to go get them. You don't know what they want, but you're still saying, pick me they don't want mid 30 year old baby mamas right and that was just a portion of the clip so uh, if you guys have the time i encourage you to watch the whole clip actually the whole hour uh he goes on to say you're gonna die alone he goes on to say you are average at best he goes on to say get the f off my uh uh Get, get the F off my screen, and he hangs up on the woman. It was literally uh, brutalizing to watch. Um, so I do want to just open up this conversation to the floor. Uh, again, for the next 30 minutes, we're talking about massage noir, which is rel a, a relatively new phrase that was coined by uh, Moya Barely to describe the specific hate, dislike, distrust, and prejudice directed towards Black women. Um, Stanley, what was your reaction uh, in particular? Uh, we're going to start with the Dallas restaurant owner who
who chastised black women for twerking in his establishment and the backlash he received on social media. And I know we're getting really good comments. I mean, both both videos were disgusting and disturbing. And I think Joanna McKinley, who was in the comments going off right now, said it perfectly. Of course, his store, his restaurant would be being successful. People hate black women. This guy went in there and just disrespected everybody, but then explicitly disrespected the black women in that space who paid good money to come there. If you had such a problem with them being there, why didn't you just go get your manager, have that manager talk to them and ask them to leave? That was completely inappropriate. And this Kevin Samuels guy is a complete joke. And the fact that he's telling someone that she is a she is just average is a stretch. You do not need to disrespect black women. You do not need to try to tell somebody you're a relationship expert and then try to tell them how to live their lives as if there's only one way and one rule for how you find love. Just both examples are why men don't deserve much. Um, thank you for that, Stanley. I will say in response, because I have watched some of Kevin Samuel's content. He also berates men too. He is an equal opportunist person. So there's another viral clip of him talking to a man with the same amount of venom, um, the same tone for, and this, these are his words, these are Kevin Samuel's words. He basically said, he asked him on camera, how big is your autonomy? Um, he was very direct about it. And then when he said, you're not large enough, um, you, your pockets aren't big enough. And he said, what else did he say? And he said, you're overweight. You also don't deserve a, what he would describe as a high level woman. Uh, Evan, I see you shaking your head. You know, someone like Kevin Samuels would say, hey, I talk to everybody like this. What was your response? And you could be toxic and problematic to everyone. It don't make it right. <laughs> I mean, it's still it's still messed up. You, it's it's a completely sexist just establishment. I just want to say this guy, he got some on his page that says, "Can white women teach black women how to get high value black men?" That's a joke from the start. So I don't know why someone would seek his advice, but it was completely sexist. It was insulting. It had barely any substance. I mean, it was like something, you know, uh, a guy uh, uh, trying to get on a girl, you know, in my eighth grade public school would have said half of that. None, none of that was actual, uh, for a guy who talks about high value males, which I really don't like that term because as men, we all have value. But for someone who talks about, a lot about that, that had no value. Uh, so that's that. And with regard to the Dallas uh, restaurant, you know, I see a lot of people saying he has a right. It's his establishment. But just because he has a right doesn't mean he did it the right way. As as Stan mentioned, if you're going to do that, you talk privately to those people and ask to leave. What he did was he berated everybody. He made every patron feel uncomfortable and all the women in there feel insulted. Just because two people are doing that does not represent all the women there and all women in general. So I found that the way he handled it is the main problem. And he handled it uh, horribly on multiple levels, an insulting way to black women and to all the patrons that were there. And if you don't want people twerking, why are you playing oh, music? No, uh, no, 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 that's not He's mad people twerking, but you're playing party music. Like, get hold out on, of here. Hold on, Stanley. Hold on. So I do want to just uh, obviously get Tammy's voice in here, but also to highlight a comment that we have, um, oh, not that one, give me a minute. A little called Con, what is it, Con, what is his name? Did I just said that, Con R? You don't lotion your elbows. I don't respect your opinion. Okay, so Tammy, 
Roy Williams, and he's one of the many people in the comments who don't who agree with the Dallas restaurant owner for um, you know telling the women not to twerk in his establishment. Roy says, so this is the thing now, people lose their businesses for not dropping their standards. This is the type of ish that just trivializes our journey. So over 400 years of combined enslavement and marginalization comes down to the right to lewdness. This is the most ridiculous, Word. insulting crap in a while, carry on. Tammy, I wanna give you a chance to um, respond to these stories and also to what a lot of people in the comments are saying. Finally, because I've been itching to respond. I think it's so soft to call this misogynoir. And I totally disagree. Honestly, good for that Dallas restaurant owner for standing up for himself and what he wants his business to look like. Look, really? I, love, I love twerking and I love going to crazy brunch, but I don't always feel like being at a crazy brunch. And I've been mad before when I'm in an establishment and it just goes off and it's just, you can't hear anything. People are knocking over your drinks and your table because it's so packed. Did I complain? Did I leave bad tip? No, but I won't go back there. And honestly, that's fair of him. He doesn't want his business to be like that. And that's fine. I will agree that maybe he did it in a wrong way. Maybe he shouldn't have berated people like that. Maybe he shouldn't have made it an issue about women respecting themselves. But we don't know the context and the history of this guy in the restaurant. We don't know if it's been a consistent issue. And we don't know that he knew the DJ was gonna play that kind of music and that was the reaction he was gonna get. So I do agree with him. There are, Dallas is a big city. So I'm gonna go ahead and assume there are many different types of restaurants, some ratchet, some elegant. And if you wanna get ratchet, go to the ratchet ones. And if you want a quiet brunch, you should be entitled to a quiet brunch at that type of establishment. I don't think it's about self-respect. I think it's about mindfulness. And like, if you're in the type of establishment where people want to be quiet and chill, then why would you like ruin that environment for everyone else? I think he was fair to set that standard, but he did it in a really off-putting way. I think he lost his temper and snapped, but who knows? Maybe he maybe he got riled up. I disagree. So Sam, hold on, yeah. Stanley. Hold on. I, I, hold on, I agree hold with Tammy. Well, well, hold on, hold on. So it sounds like what Tammy is saying, you agree with what he said, but not the tone in which he said it. I'm hearing that and we're definitely gonna get you, Stanley. Evan, are you saying you also agree with that? Look, let's draw a baseline here. He is allowed to not want someone to twerk on a table, okay? That's okay for a restaurant owner to not want someone. This, I mean, do I gotta get, the table could fall, the person could fall. There's lots of things that could happen here. And I've been to Don Coqui in White Plains, and that has a place where you dance at one level and you eat at the other level, and you hear dancing music throughout. So I don't buy that he's playing dancing. You know, a lot of music is dancing music. It doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily dance a certain way in those establishments. There are places to club. I agree with that. But it's the way he did. At no point should he have addressed the entire restaurant. The problem was when he addressed the entire restaurant and like made it like a woman problem. He said, and, and it's a real problematic thing to say is, you women don't respect yourselves. How do you expect men to respect? I don't, I don't care if the woman's twerking, she deserves respect. Yeah, but she just because she's, she's twerking doesn't mean that she, well, I, I'm talking in general terms here. 
Well, just because okay. she's twerking, she Tell deserves respect. Tell me there would not have been a scene if this guy pulled aside a group of women, went to their table, and told them that the way they were acting was inappropriate. It was two Tell women. me they would not have popped off. It was two women. You could uh, have they could pop off, but that's more fair to the rest of the restaurant, and he's not bringing in black women as a whole. Yeah, you could have had a manager go to the table. It was two women. I watched the video. It was two women. One at her table twerked for a, a good 30 seconds. Another woman was twerking on a glass. He had every right to ask them both not to do that. Particularly the woman who was in a glass, the glass could have broken, she could have hurt herself, she could have damaged a restaurant. That is not my problem. My problem is a couple of things. One, you don't want people twerking because apparently you have some kind of high class restaurant with a DJ's blasting hip hop and twerk music. If you serve chicken fingers and french fries, you are not high class. Stop the madness. Two, we are in a pandemic where millions of people in Texas have COVID and you have an open restaurant where people are eating. So you don't care about these people anyway, but they're still risking their lives because Texas is the wilderness and risking COVID to eat your chicken fingers and french fries. And then you stop the music and stop the good vibes to yell at them. Three, because this pissed me off so much, I did my research. He has had multiple events there where people are dancing and standing on tables and eating food. And even one instance when he was on a table dancing with other men and it wasn't a problem. Then lastly, but the most important thing, how can he says, how can I tell the men to behave themselves when you can't? Really? So now we're going to say that unless women act a certain way, men have agency to be any kind of trash where they want to be. This is completely disrespectful. And it's not about, oh, well, you get to be authentically black. That's not about it at all. It is, there is a time and a place for things, and there's a way you handle things, and you shouldn't throw stones if you live in the glass house, and he is in the glass mansion. That I can agree with. That I can agree with. But what I can't agree with is comments like Johanna McKinney's, where it's, she says this issue is not is not him not wanting people standing on his furniture. It's him saying black women can't be respectable unless they blank. This is the same respectability politics that asks a rape victim what she was wearing. It is the same thing. No, it's not. He literally said. He literally said. No, to it me, is. At, at the end, he literally how said that. Men to respect you if you don't respect yourself. No, I understand that, but. If it's a restaurant full of, like, we don't know that, the history and context of this restaurant. Like, if he has already spoken to patrons, if this is an all-female moment and he's talking about having a certain air of respectability in his space, that is okay for him to do. No, and, like, I don't, yeah. I don't liken it to victim blaming for an assault because he's asking patrons not to be a little ratchet in his place because he's not in the mood for Why it. Why is it ratchet? Because they're twerking? Why, when the white people do it, it ain't ratchet. It's great. When, when white people do it, it's it double ratchet. But the, we're not going to sit here and say... For 30 seconds, Tammy. We're not going to sit said, here. And he said, how can I tell men to be respectful when you don't respect yourself? What does that mean? So now the men can go there and slap yeah, them up the like what is it? When like Alan, yeah, I got something to say. Like, go, go ahead, go ahead. Died in that restaurant, and he didn't have a problem. In the previous, in another video, there was another video where he was on the table with other men, and they were dancing, and it wasn't a problem. So why was well, it a problem when two black women did it? Well, I think. Well, just to, to chime in here, and I would love to see those video clips. Thank you for pointing that out, Stanley. It may have been the manner in which it was. Look, I've, I watched her video. Me and my friend twerk, it is sexually provocative if you do it in that type of way. So he might have been saying, I don't want that type of element because there are children here, they're elderly people. Look, look, I mean, let, let's just be honest. Like when you're twerk, I don't know how they were twerking, but I when me and my friends twerk, 
we been all the way over. Like, I don't know if that's, so let's just be honest. Like it, it could have been the style of dancing that was in a, that's inappropriate. Like that's just a reality. He got, right. he got every, before we continue with this conversation, I want to get to the second story because I know I'm gonna piss y'all off again with this opinion. Okay, well, let's, well, thank well, you, Tammy. Well, okay. we will, we will, we do have to just keep things moving. I'm sorry about that, Evan. I know you want to chime in. It's okay. But Kevin Samuels, again, he is a relationship consultant. He told this woman, you are average looking. You're going to die alone if you continue to seek men with six figures. Tammy, your response. Yo, I know it's really bad, but society has brainwashed us into thinking that, you know, on the gender binary, each side, like man and woman, has a certain worth. People who subscribe to this need to subscribe to it with their whole chest. Like we're getting to the point now where we can address this as a society being problematic, but if you're a marginalized group, for some reason, you're not upheld to that same standard. She's saying that she only wants to date a guy with money. How is that not problematic? And why is it that Kevin Samuels is problematic for saying, well, sweetheart, millionaires only want to date pretty girls and you're not all that pretty. Yeah, he was mean, but he made a point. Like if you're going to be shallow and say, I only want a dude who's packing eight inches and seven figures, then be ready to get a Brazilian butt lift and a thousand dollar weave and bleach your skin because that is what they're looking for. Period. And I'm sorry that her feelings got hurt, but she really pulled up and said, I only want a man that's six figures. Thank you, Tammy. Hold on. Um, Evan, Evan didn't get a chance to speak in the last story. So I want to just get your reaction first. Look, Tammy's making a point. People are socialized to preference people that have like symmetrical faces that we consider attractive. Um, and, and there is a thing where certain people do want to date upward based on uh, lifestyles, not always for love. Sometimes, you know, finances do play uh, a role in, in, in choosing a partner. Uh, I think that's the point that Tammy may have been making here, that that's the reality of the situation. Evan, what was your reaction? I, again, I don't, I don't believe in fighting toxic with toxic. I mean, like, he, she, Tammy's right that this is uh, something that is, is wrong against men. And, and part of the reason I know Stanley and I have read the world to change and a lot of male depression, a lot of male identity is around work and them producing and a lot of men, you know, killing themselves and, and, and feeling like they're inferior is around men producing. So the six figure thing really does go deep with guys and it's unfair. That being said, but what he, what, what Kevin Samuelson response was also about all women. He wasn't just addressing her, he's addressing all women. And he was like in, in, in just any general objective way, like he's a scientist of some sort, you are like a five and below average. First of all, who the no, hell she is called he? Herself, she called herself a five. No, but then he it. went further. But then he went further and he was, he was almost suggesting she gave her whatever, herself a high rating. And she was like, well, why do you even need that makeup? If you if you look, she was like, I look like this without. And he's like, well, why do you even well, need it? Like, just he's, to clarify, he's, he, he said, she's, he said, what would you rate yourself? She says, I'm a five without makeup and I'm a six with makeup. This, and then he said, you're a five at best. You're a this at, whole, at best. I understand, but this whole line of thought is sexist. 
people, women rating themselves on numbers is ridiculous. And, it, and adult people, and this goes for both sides, shouldn't be doing that to find a partner in the first place. And I don't know why she sought him out because I was looking at the titles of his other videos earlier and that's the last person I would go to, even if I was a guy too and he has like 20 minutes on which apple I should eat to enlarge a penis, which is also ridiculous or whichever fruits. He, he said foods, I don't know if he said an apple, but he said like mad fruits and whatever. Um, but I'm saying that he still reinforced a lot of sexist norms that are in this society on the way, even if it was a personal response to her question. And we should address that too. Stanley, I want to get your reaction to Kevin Samuels. I know it, you had a, a very vitriol reaction to it. And also your reaction to the panel when, you know, Tammy sounds like she's saying, hey, he was speaking truth and truth hurts. Go ahead, Stanley. Kevin Samuels is problematic. The woman is is problematic too. But at least I can kind of get her problematicness. I make six figures. I want somebody in the same tax bracket as me. I don't think that's fair, but I get that. Kevin Samuels pretty much broke down her entire her entire value by what she looks like. He didn't just ask her to rate herself on a scale of one to ten. He said you can't use seven. And then he asked her what size outfit she wears and how much makeup she uses. And like you can't you you can't do that. And his idea of what makes a top tier woman is completely physical. And people who think like that have never actually been in a real relationship. Because if you have, you understand that one, while looks are important, they don't make up the entire parameter for a relationship. And two, a relationship is more than just how somebody looks because looks fade and money goes away. Just ask Rick James if he was still alive. He blew it in a summer, a million dollars. So some idea that this 51-year-old man with a Zoom channel where he can't even get proper lighting, shout out to help me get my stuff together, he can't even get proper lighting is going to tell this woman who makes six figures on her own because then he downplayed her business because it's a pet company and he said it's not Microsoft. Then he downplayed her business and said she doesn't deserve it. It's not just disrespectful and dismissive. It limits who we are. Like how are you so like women only have value if they look a certain way? and men only have value when they make a certain amount of money, that's wrong. It's incorrect. And how much money does he have? And then his tone with her was all off. And yeah, sure. He also commented on the fat dude who said, your penis is small, your bank is, is non-existent, you don't deserve a six-figure woman, right? He can say that, and he could be toxic, and he could still be wrong. We gotta move away from these unrealistic and unfair expectations for what someone needs to be in order to have value. Everyone has value and everyone has preference. To some well, people, I'll, I'm the best thing in the world. To some, I'm not. That doesn't mean that I'm, I don't I don't deserve love. And it's really just to do that to anybody. Well, I, to just to sort of move this conversation along, uh, I, I agree with you. And I don't think that Kevin Samuels was making a point saying that you don't deserve love. What he told the woman was that you should you not be alone. limiting yourself. He said she would die alone. Yes. Okay. Well, no, because she's only aiming for a six-figure man. My problem was, and it, this is both issues with the Dallas restaurant owner and Kevin Samuels, it was the tone and the approach. Because if I was having that conversation, I would have told her, sis, you're limiting yourself by only seeking out this one type of man where you can be dating a man who has a job who wants to contribute to the the um your household? Maybe he's making fifty or sixty thousand, but he's loyal and he has character and he has morals and he will love you wholeheartedly. So I think if we would have framed it in that type of way, 
then we could understand that, yeah, there's a universal truth there. Um, but, you know, we did make the point that they were both problematic. Just moving things along, the tone, the tone for me, both in both examples was completely off. It was humiliating. And the thing that I'm uncomfortable about is that it's coming from black men. Black women and black people already are subjugated to white supremacy and this type of harassment and bullying and microaggressions. You know, every time we step out of our door, we show up at work where we have to um, deal with this. You know, we, we interact with different white people. Look, white supremacy exists. Why is it happening within our own community? And why are we putting it out in the public like that? Tammy, do you think that in any way, maybe, you know, we can start to respect one another and that we can, you know, have some type of mutual respect, especially when it comes to black men and the way that they talk to and approach black women? Look, I think the way our society is set up right now is highly individualistic. It is, I am right and holier than thou because I have Google and I feel attacked because X. Black women are guilty of it. Black men are guilty of it. And what that does is create these problematic tones where we're not nice to each other because we go into a conversation or to an experience thinking that we are correct and our being is the only correct way. Like, was Kevin Samuels mean? Absolutely. He was so rude when he could have spoken better. But that woman, she came in with the same energy. She came in there with her six at best self, self-claimed, and said, yeah, I only want a man that's six figures. Girl, if you're going to say that with your whole chest, don't cry when someone says, sweetheart, you're not pretty enough. As especially over the internet. You were just as shallow. Yes, Hamara, she was just as shallow as he was. And for me, if you have that energy coming in, then don't be mad when you get that energy back. I think, Selena, you're so right. The lesson of the day is definitely tone. Like, I think Black men, look at the way that you're speaking to Black women and what you're requesting of us. Because at the end of the day, we are the people riding for you, supporting you, going to your business, patronizing your business, supporting your shows. So maybe think about the, that the next time you want to berate it. But also, Black women, stand up for yourselves. Have a cohesive argument. Like when people treat you like this, clap back. She came up there asking for six figures, got insulted, and then at the end was mad quiet and then said, well, don't be mean. No, girl, you came in with the point. Make the point and bounce. And to all those women at the restaurant that day, I am very sorry that you got berated, but you know what? Tell your sister girlfriends and find a new brunch spot because clearly that isn't the spot for you. It always be Stanley, the Stanley, 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 hold, hold on, Stanley, Stanley, we're, we're getting to you now. Let me just say, as we wrap up this conversation, Stanley, I definitely want to get your final thoughts um, about, again, the relationship black men and black women have and how black men have historically contributed to misogynoir. And I hope hey, I'm saying like that you right. Jimmy helped a little bit today. Go I'm ahead, like, Stanley. Yeah. You, you can speak. Go ahead. Well, like. It's, it's always the men who should have the lowest standards, who have the most opinions about what women should be doing or how women should look. Have you seen Kevin Samuels? What does he actually do besides yell at people on Zoom? Really? Like, 
Half the dudes who are in the comments right now criticizing me and Evan, they probably have never even discovered lotion or moisturizer. They probably can't afford a pair of sneakers more than $50, but still break their pockets to do that and can't pay their cell phone bill. They probably can't even deliver food on their own table, but want to lead a household. Why don't you fix your face, use some chapstick, take a shower, get some non-chemical deodorant, and go to therapy before you have an opinion or a word to say about black women? Because black women have been carrying half of you broke, no good, talentless, effortless Negroes for years. So I don't care if sis was problematic saying she wants a six-figure dude. She's self-made. Yes, yeah, sis, go get your six-figure dude. Because let me tell you a secret about men. Most of these dudes will have sex with an armchair if it would let them. They don't have any standards to begin with. So don't let them try to come over here and tell you who you need to be. Support black women all day, every day. And if you're mad about that, go lotion your elbows and don't watch the show. Because that's my energy all the time. Evan. Um, you speak about issues of sexism all the time on Let's Not Be Trash. And we heard Tammy, who is, I think, our resident feminist here. Oh, but she says that, hey, you know, it sounds like she said it almost takes two to tangle. Um, I want to get your response to, uh, again, just maintaining some respect and uh, some level of respect when it comes to Black women and women in general. To Evan, real quick, these dudes couldn't find a G-spot if it was attached to a white woman. You know, you know these kind of dudes love white women. I'm done. You know, I also love so white women, Kevin Samuels. He he had a Here's he had a whole thing about like like can what can black women learn from white women how to get high value black men? I, I don't understand this. Okay. I just saw okay. that title. Here's, That's not a wait, wait. Okay. Thing. Here's my thing, right? Black men really, really need to treat black women better. But also, black women, we don't need to go to these guys for validation anymore. Like, that's the thing. It is 2020. Oh. My feminist energy is that I should be able to duke it out with a dude just like he should be able to duke it out to me. I would oh, never right. allow some smog man in the dark behind a candle like Quasimodo to tell me that I'm average looking at best. Okay, uh, that is the mistake. That is the mistake. And like, yeah, both in both cases, both stories today, the black guys, but people are going to be mean because that's what sometimes makes people listen or that's what sometimes makes people go viral. If, if you get on this man's show with some BS that is shallow and disrespectful to the worth of a good man, don't cry when they disrespect you with some shallow BS. That's, that's really it. Evan, you I get just, the last word. I just want to say, we don't know what size that Kevin Samuels no, got. It don't actually, matter. He has he actually has talked about his size. He has well, talked about his no, size really, many a time. No, and he has said that he's above okay. average. Let me just say, let me just say this. My point is this. Wait, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what his dick size is. It doesn't matter because that that doesn't validate or not validate him for being sexist and promoting massage noir. It doesn't matter. Kevin Samuels didn't just say insulting things to this woman. And like the Dallas owner, he didn't just say insulting things to those patrons. He said insulting things to black women as a whole. These were sexist comments about black women as a whole that, you know, I, men don't got to respect themselves. You don't respect yourself. Just because she twerking, she deserves consent. She deserves to not be abused. She deserves all of those things. And this woman heard this BS from Kevin Samuels that women been hearing forever. 
that their entire value is based on their dress size and their bus size and everything else about their face. It's, it's King saying messages that are harmful, not just to her, but women as a whole. And that's how it should be viewed. He's on the internet talking about his penis size and he's 51 years old. Well, he, he said he needs to beat off women with a stick to get them guys, off him. With you guys, that man has never made a woman come. Look, you have to keep all things into context. So I'll just end the conversation here by saying this. Um, I'm not here for the disrespect against black women. Again, we can't keep screaming out, protect black women. But then we're the first ones to call our sisters out by their names, to come across as violent, uh, to come across as you know bullies. It, it's just, it doesn't work. So I really think that this speaks to the healing that we need within our community. Um, you know, I'm not pointing fingers. I think that this is again, a symptom of white supremacy and 400 years of systemic oppression. And it's just manifesting in this way. But I feel like the one thing that I've seen from black women is that we continually show up, especially when it comes to black men and especially when it comes to our community. And I do think that there has to be some, um, something needs to be reciprocated in this way so that it doesn't always, the burden doesn't always fall on black women to present herself in this way to, you know, to raise children, to uphold the, the community, to support our men, but then take all the lashings. Some, you know, it, it's, it's we, we have to get to a point of healing. So on that note, this conversation could go on and on, but we do have to end the show here. I would like to thank everyone who chimed in to the comments on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, we also want to say special thanks to our media partner, Black Enterprise, and our sponsor, Black Spectrum Theater. We will see you guys next week. Bye.